live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The little chick she could do in one of those big envelopes and not a box. Because those... This is the press box. Those big envelopes, you know, you can fit a lot in those big envelopes, like the puffy ones, and then they can expand. You throw a few chicks in there, they'd be okay, probably. With Grady and Bischoff. Stop trying to save money shipping your chickens and on ESPN Las Vegas. Haven't asked you in a while how your chickens are going. We are only raising two of our 30 fake chickens. Really? Uh, we're waiting for the talents. You know, that but, still hasn't come around? No, that it does have not. So the chickens just race normally. The talents where they, you know, pull out a gun and shoot the other chickens. Right, or and the earthquake. Hop on a moving the, walkway. Yeah. Or, yeah, those have not come into play yet. I wonder why it's taken so long. Yeah, they got to they gotta create the animations for it, and then they've got to implement it into the actual race so that it doesn't break the race. Are you still as excited about fake horses and fake chickens as always, or have you kind of, like, come back on it? No, they've, they've come back on it. It's just... It's gone downhill a little bit. The whole crypto market has crashed. So right, NFTs right. have have as well. So it's not quite as lucrative at the moment. But if the chickens ever take off, we're I'll be I'll be very excited. Right back in it. And what about the horses? Uh we don't we maybe race once a week. We still have Really? We You've still come have, back on that. We still have eight or nine of our horses, so we still race about once a week. You'll never so. give up fake horse. No. Fake horse, high card, and goodwill rush are uh Probably not going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, you used to have races during the show. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's phenomenal. That was when you would put your horse in a race and it would take 12 hours for the race to run. Now you put your horse in a race and it, it runs just as soon as there's 12 horses. Really? Yeah. Now it's good to go. On days where there's triple crown events, does it do the horse races blow up and there's a million races a day? Yeah, they'll do some special events, but I don't I don't think there's more events. But they'll do some like big money races on the same day as the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness. You have or whatever. that. Yeah. Have you raced in it? Uh we raced in one of the tournaments and lost in the first round. We've qualified for two tournaments, but okay. lost in the first round both. To get times. to the Kentucky Derby, what do you have to do? I think well, I think with the special events you just pay a bunch of money. It's just a like five hundred dollar entry fee or something. Ooh. It's just one of the expensive races or something. But you can win a lot. Yeah, yeah. If you paid five hundred bucks, you'd probably win three thousand, four thousand. To win? I think so, if I'm doing my math right on that. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's an update. <laughs> the first bite. Do you believe Colin Kaepernick will get a roster spot with the Raiders? When he first tried out, I said, okay, you and I talked about this yesterday. Like, was this just Mark Davis saying, hey, I really like him. What do you think? And then Ziggler McDaniel said, well, what's it going to hurt? We'll bring him in for a day. But reading reports about how well, quote, unquote, well it went, um, and yesterday McDaniel's talking about it, he certainly didn't shoot it down. Like, he certainly didn't. He didn't talk about it very much, but he certainly didn't say, well, was a one-off and you know we're gonna move on here he never said that so you had ian rapaport who tweeted on colin kaepernick's workout with the raiders sounds like it went well he impressed the door is open dot 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 jeremy fowler tweeted was told two things out in colin kaepernick's workout with raiders arm strength and good overall conditioning workout was largely considered a positive let's see where it goes from here now as you said josh mcdaniel's Basically pulled the he's not on the roster. We're not going to talk about players that aren't on the roster card yesterday. Um, basically said, hey, we work out a lot of guys. 
Um, but you took that as a positive because he didn't. He didn't yeah, because he didn't completely it. shoot it down. Didn't completely dismiss it. Okay. I think we're getting. I, mean, I, I think we're about to get an entire season or however many seasons McDaniel's is here. We're about to get a lot of never answering any question ever. No, I agree. I think he'll talk and not answer questions. Yes. Like he'll say a lot of stuff, and then you'll go back through the tape and like, I don't know what I can use here because I'm not sure he said anything. Like I can almost guarantee, if like John Gruden was still the coach, he would have said something to the effect of, "Well, we only talk about players who are on the roster, but let me tell you, <laughs> his arm strength." Yes, he would have gone off about still throw the ball. Would have gone off about some random physical trait, or he would have been like, "Oh, he's a Gruden grinder," whatever right. he would have said. He would have given you something, but McDaniels is like, ah, we don't talk about guys unless they're on the roster. And, hey, we worked out a lot of people. Right. Dave works out a lot of people. He brings a lot of people in for workouts. So you took it as a positive, though, that he didn't shoot it down. I mean, somewhat. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I kind of didn't take McDaniels' quotes meaning much of anything because I think his goal, I think they sat down. He and Ziggler said, okay, how do we answer questions about this? Without he and the players anything. were very were, were very well prepared for the Colin Kaepernick <laughs> questions, believe me. But the Fowler, Jeremy Fowler and the Ian Rappaport tweets sort of imply, hey, they somebody at least liked what they saw. I do wonder, do you think their sources are the Raiders side or the Kaepernick side? I think they're the Raiders side. Because if they're the Kaepernick side, of course the Kaepernick side's gonna say, These went great today. Right. But I, I do think when you say like the door is open or uh, these things were impressive. You'd like to think those came from the Raiders, side, right? Because they're right. the ones that would, you know, need to be impressed, like Colin right. Kaepernick impressing his own agent or something. Didn't like matter. That. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Who cares? I hope his agent likes what he does. We had another interesting report. This was from Mike Florio yesterday, who said two other teams are interested in working out Colin Kaepernick. Now, obviously, if the Raiders were to just sign him, right? He worked out and they they signed him. Kaepernick wouldn't be able to go work out for another teams because he'd be on the Raiders roster. They haven't signed him yet. If they don't sign him today, tomorrow, whatever, in the near future, do you think another team works out Colin Kaepernick? I mean, there's some bad quarterbacks around the league. So, and there's certainly some bad, there's certainly some bad backups. So maybe the Raiders just had to be the first one to say, we'll give him a chance, practice him. And then I was like, well, if they're doing it, we can do it now. I mean, it was the first, he had some other like, individual workouts not with a specific team he's had those before but this was the first time a team specifically brought him in to work out just for them he's hosted his own yeah he's done his own things um so this is the first time a team though has basically brought him in say hey come work out and we'll see if you make the roster since 2016 the last time he played in the nfl that's the first time a team did that and i think there's probably a level of yeah okay he worked out for the raiders we should probably if you think he could be your backup quarterback or hell your starter like you said like he could probably beat out drew lock right i know he hasn't played in six years but you're telling me drew lock's better than him no well i did see a one tweet the other day from i think from seattle that said what perfect placement and it was one throw by drew lock and it was perfect placement so uh-oh. I say say what you want about Drew Locke, but on one throw the other day, he had perfect placement. Perfect placement. It yes. was the only throw he made the entire day with yes. perfect placement. Yeah, but and they, they, got had it on they, video. They, they had it on video. That's key there. I, I would be curious to see if other teams work him out, and I am curious to see how serious it is on the Raiders' end. Because they, from a pure football standpoint, it's probably pretty easy for the Raiders to work out Colin Kaepernick and be like, okay, this he's 34 years old, right? We traded for Jarrett Stidham. 
we think Stidham's better than Colin Kaepernick. We think Stidham's going to be a better backup for Derek Carr than Colin Kaepernick. That's a very easy scenario to see happening. Now, other teams have a worse backup or have a worse starter, whatever it is. Maybe they're more inclined to sign him from a football standpoint, but obviously there's more than just the football side of this when you're talking about Colin Kaepernick, because hell, you, you, somebody tweets the Kaepernick's working out for the Raiders and people get angry that he's just getting a workout, let alone right. if you actually signed him to the right. roster, which uh, I've, I've got a few emails. <laughs> oh, exciting. Some excited about it and some, let's put it this way, not so excited, not about, excited about it. No, about it. Oh man. I hope. I would love for the Razors to sign him. The uh, one of the ideas that Adam Candy had yesterday is like the possibility that you sign Kaepernick, he's your true backup, and Jarrett Stidham is your third string quarterback, and you use Kaepernick in games, similar to how they would have used, used Marcus Mariota. Mariota if you wanted to do that. And then if something actually happened to Derek Carr, you might actually start Jarrett Stidham because you might say, Oh, he's knows the offense, he might right. be better suit, but whatever. But you have three quarterbacks because most likely nobody's poaching Jarrett Stidham from you. No, I wouldn't think so. I, I, I think there's think only so. one team in the league that was going to trade for Jarrett Stidham and it was Josh McDaniels right. and the Raiders. So I don't think, I mean, maybe Bill Belichick would come back by and say, Oh, thank you. I'll take right. him back. But I don't think anybody would poach him. So you could potentially get away with hey, Jarrett Stidham, third string quarterback that nobody else actually wants to sign away from you and make their true number two. All right. More important than all that, what did you observe yesterday? Did you get to see anything good? We were three football fields away, other than the the all-pro punter and kicker look in rare form because that's who they allowed us really to see. So you were on the sideline oh, of the special teams yes, field, effectively. Yes, effectively. And we, we could barely make out numbers. We were climbing to the top of benches to see who started on the offensive line with the ones. It was, hello, Patriots who, West. Did anybody have binoculars? No, you were allowed to shoot video and pictures for the first 15 minutes was strictly stretching. That was it. And when but, they ended stretching, man, turn off your cameras. But next week, like, you're going to have to take some binoculars. So when you get up on those benches, you can see... If they're even Who's allowed, that's this, true. This is Patriots. West Somebody's gonna come smack the binoculars. At least yesterday was. I don't. I oh. can't speak for what mandatory mini camp will be, and I certainly can't speak for what training camp will be. But let's just say no one's holding out their breath who were on the sidelines yesterday that it's gonna suddenly be. <laughs> oh, let's have a bunch of access to, to practice and let you see what's happening. No, three football fields away. Could you tell who was on the offensive line? <laughs> Uh, we kind of <laughs> made out some numbers. We know Colton Miller's the left tackle. Okay. Got that one <laughs> we down. We got that one down. Um, <laughs> Leatherwood did play, saw his number at tackle and guard. Um, yeah, we didn't, we did we literally, we, the defense looked like they were six fields away. Like we barely <laughs> saw, we saw the jerseys <laughs> over there, but we didn't see any numbers. It was, there's no chance we didn't come close to that. I would actually find it quite funny. If the Raiders took numbers off of the players' jerseys yes. when the media was there, that would be well. Funny. They're about two seconds close to that. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah, or give them all different numbers. Yes. So like, yes. Why? Why, why is, is Jonathan Abram playing wide? Why receiver? is Leatherwood the center? <laughs> yeah, would be phenomenal. Three football fields away for what I assume was basically nothing drills. Like I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't these look. Were, I mean, I don't think I should say this. Also, I don't think we missed very much yesterday. Right. Like. I mean, it's not physical. 
there it's pretty much OTA, so it's, there's not much physicality to it. Um, I did notice uh, we did notice this that when they made a mistake, the offensive line would take laps. Just the line? Yeah, when they really just or were they the that, only that ones I that made mistakes? <laughs> no, they're well. I guess they did because I saw them running. But um, uh, afterwards, we asked McDaniel's about that, and he said, "No, that's all. That's them." We didn't, I wasn't sitting there, you know, telling they're running their laps. own laps. Yeah, they, they 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 took it upon themselves. I said, hey, don't believe that. That's what he said. He said, "Hey, when we when they was a false start by Leatherwood, he got up and ran a lap right there." That he that that McDaniel oh, said this is on lying. Them. Oh, he's lying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe me they, the maybe they were so maybe they, they knew said, they were so bad last year. They've got to get better. And he's like, look, we're going to be accountable this year and responsible. I I did see a thread on Twitter with Q, I think Heidi and one other media member, and they were saying that the players were being harder on themselves than coaches were being. Yeah, yeah, like what you saw in practice. But before they got out on the field, some coach was like, "All right, you false start, you're running a lap." So they just did it on their own. I don't believe that. I do not believe for a second that in May, when you fall start in an OTA, yeah, you like, like you oh, got to Hey, okay, important question. They weren't very good last year. Were they sprinting a lap, no. or was this like a no? This was a jog. They're picking their feet up a little bit higher. Yeah, off this the was a jog. Okay, maybe this was because that's not really a punishment. No, that's, they're not sprinting. You're just trying to get the hell out of there no. so you don't get yelled at. The one, the one I saw was Leatherwood, and he was he was picking his feet up a little. <laughs> I mean, it, he wasn't sprinting at all. He was just kind of like jogging around. Yeah, maybe. Maybe if they're just giving you a sort of half jog around the field, they did it on their own. But if they were full out having to sprint. No, they were not sprinting. No one no, was sprinting. No chance Alex Otherwood is forcing himself to sprint. No one was sprinting. had a false start in May. And this is going to surprise you. It was a bit toasty. Oh, wait, weren't you indoors? Or was this outdoors? No, this oh, is outdoors. outdoors. Brutal. For two and a half. Oh, that's only May. Oh, I know. That's what we were saying. We we're sitting there and like, man, it's hot. And then we all said, yeah, the the training camp on July 18th will be fun. That's going to be really fun. And then, uh, you know, practice in August. That'll always be good. All right. Coming up next, the Golden State Warriors are back in the NBA Finals. Clay Thompson go through two catastrophic injuries. Steph Curry breaks his hand. We went 15 games two years ago. A group of young guys and experienced guys. And Bob got at me earlier this year when I said, I don't know if this has ever worked. And he got at me. But this group continued to come every day, put the work in. Our coaching staff has been amazing. And we're here. We're back. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Here's eliminated the Mavericks in five games last night. 10-point final scoreline. It was not close. The, Warrior, the Mavericks pulled their starters with like two minutes to go. But... Wasn't 30. We'll take what we can get. Uh, the big picture here on the Warriors. How impressive is it that they're back in the finals? This is a team that won three in four years, actually had uh, five straight finals appearances. Then two years where they had a didn't even make the postseason. And now they're back. I think it's really impressive. A couple years later. Yeah. Don't you? I think it's really impressive that they came all the way back. Yeah. You have Clay Thompson's injuries. From a coaching standpoint, Steve Kerr has now, uh, this is the sixth time that he has been to the NBA Finals in eight seasons as a head coach. And every time that he has made the postseason, he has ended up in the NBA NBA Finals, Finals. which is amazing. Ridiculous. Uh, From a player standpoint, you've got obviously Curry Thompson and Draymond Green are sort of the, the main trio there. Uh, those three been a part of all of these teams that have gone to the finals. And like you look back at it, 
They won three of the five they went to. They lost one to LeBron James when he came back from 3-1 down in what's, you know, probably going to be the pinnacle moment of LeBron James's career. And then they lost the other one after Kevin Durant had an Achilles injury and right. Clay Thompson get hurt in that series too. I'm trying to remember. They had there were a ton I know, of I injuries. I just remember in that Durant series. blew his Achilles Yeah. Out. They had a ton of injuries that if if they stay fully healthy, they probably beat the right. Raptors and they win another one. So Fair, relatively close to having won five straight NBA titles, basically. And now they're back, and it's, it is, to me, it is really impressive that they are back. I also think it does say a little bit about the rest of the West that nobody else truly took advantage of the Warriors being out. Obviously, the Lakers went on and won the title, right? The Suns have been the one seed the last two years and got to the finals last year. But nobody truly took advantage of the Warriors being right. down, down and out, and out for the last two right. years. And truly establish themselves as, oh, that's the best team in the West. Phoenix could have done it, but they lost again uh, in the playoffs. Clippers had a chance, but their injuries killed them. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi and Paul George, which are their two best players, right. both went down, especially Kawhi. So it's, I think it's remarkable that they're back. I think it's remarkable that they have been to the finals this many times. It's remarkable that they've been basically every time they've played a season and they've been healthy or they, they healthy, get to the finals. They weren't even technically healthy to start this year. Clay Thompson came back right. in the middle of the year. Steph Curry missed, Steph Curry missed a lot of games, games at the end yes. of the year, but yeah. pretty much anytime they've been close to healthy, they go to the NBA finals, which is a fairly ridiculous thing to do to continue to go back to the NBA finals. Um, the other side of this big picture wise on the Mavericks, are they just going to be the Hawks of last year? Uh, I don't. Well, I mean, just mentioned the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. Um, we haven't mentioned Memphis in terms of Jaw and that team. Denver is going to be really good. Um, so they could be they could be the Hawks of last year because again, um, they were talking about this last night. Who who's really going to be around him? Yeah, I mean, who's going to be around him? Jalen Brunson, as they said last night in the post game, is going to make a lot of money. And, you know, someone's going to give them a lot of money. If they lose him, who, 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 I just don't know who they're going to put around Luka. You've already, you've already said that they need someone better than Jalen Brunson with Jalen Brunson. If you lose him, I don't know who's around Luka. Right, and he might go. So you take the Hawks from last year. They're in the 4-5 matchup in the first round. They win that. They upset the one seed, and then they go to the conference finals, and they lost to the Bucks in six. Right. Mavericks this year in the four five matchup, win that upset the one seed, go to the conference finals. They lost to the Warriors in five. in five and the makeup of the teams is very similar where you have one potential star, Trey young and Luka Doncic, and then you don't truly have a number two. Every, everybody else is sort of a decent role player, right? So it really came down to how good is Trey young and do other guys knock down shots? How good is Luka Doncic. and do other guys knock down shots? Because that's what the, that's what the Mavericks were. And he scores, or if you send enough help defense, he kicks it out and they you shoot got to make a shot. Right. So they need something else. I think they probably need somebody else that can create their own shot. Uh, obviously, Luke is very ball dominant. So it's somebody that's not going to get to do that all the time. But I think they need somebody else that you can reliably kick take the ball and go create a shot. It's like when, when the Warriors lost to the Cavs in the finals, LeBron James was incredible, but they still had Kyrie Irving. But Kyrie Irving had, create a, his own had shot. some great games. Like there were moments yes. where it's like LeBron didn't have to do it. All. Right. He Cause could Kyrie the ball was Kyrie amazing Irving. in that series. Yeah. And so 
they need something like that. They need somebody else next to Luca that can that can play off the ball, but can also create I mean, his own shot. Are the Mavericks getting that? Do people want to play with Luca that much? I don't know. I don't know. Like, the, and that's the thing: the Hawks didn't get anybody. The no. Hawks didn't like they didn't go out and find that number two guy to play with right. Trey Young. Another key there: Trey Young took a big step back. His numbers were not as good this season as they were the previous season, but they didn't go out and get that second guy. And I, I wonder can the Mavericks what are, the Mavericks do? Is someone going to go to Dallas? I mean, I, I'm trying. Look, I'm not going to pretend to know everyone who's a UFA or who they could get or who they could trade for, but it just. I don't know if Dallas is that team that can entice someone to come even to play with Luka. Um, and if they lose Brunson, I don't think they get back to the Western Conference Finals. I think too many teams, Denver's going to get everyone back. We've talked about Kawhi. Um, you know, I, the Warriors, if they win it, the, those three are going to be back. And they've got some good young players, the Warriors. Um, Phoenix, don't know what's going to happen there. But, I mean... They might. I don't know if they'll struggle to make the playoffs, but they could be. They could be in the play-in. Well, that, and that's exactly what the Hawks did. They ended up with the eighth best record in the East, and they were in the play-in series. Now they got out of it, and they uh, lost to Miami in the first right. round. But I, I think you're exactly right. You you start looking at the teams in the West, and if we get a normal season as far as injuries go, right? Like Which, if, if not everybody yeah. loses a star <laughs> player, you can you can start counting up. Five, maybe more before teams, you even get to the Mavericks, right? That you can say oh, they're better they're than probably Dallas. Better. We and don't know if, what the Lakers are going to do. Yeah, and if you fall to seven, now you're in the play-in, right. and that's a brutal place to be. So i I think it's, I think it's legitimate that that could happen. Now, I will say this: I do believe Luka Doncic is well, a he's better than Trey Young, but Trey Young took that big step back this year. I don't know that Luka takes a big. I step I don't think back. he takes a big step back, but. Again, if there's no one playing with right. him, then this then is what's this is your peak. Yeah, this is exactly. your ceiling. This is what you're going to do until you get something else. Did you see Jason Kidd's comment where he kind of called Luca fat? No, he he said uh, I, I need to go find the exact quote, but he basically said like, now that we've been this close, I hope these guys understand like what they need to do so that we can continue to play basketball into May and June. And if you remember, Luca Doncic was criticized for being out of shape right, after right. the Olympics and going into the NBA season. He still plays well when he's out of shape, but he was criticized for it. And I think Jason Kidd was basically saying, hey, Luca, don't get fat. Like, come in to okay. start the season right. in shape and let's get, get better it, than get a things four five over the summer. Yeah. yeah. Let's get okay. a top three seat or something like that. And I let's actually make do this that. happen. Whether he's skinny or fat. Yeah. Un- unless, I mean, obviously, if they bring in that true number two guy or whatever, then absolutely. Right. If you told that. I don't know who's a free agent either. I don't think there's actually. I don't think it's actually a great free agent class, to be honest with you. He doesn't but. want to see any more pictures with Luca with a 24 ounce beer. <laughs> he, he does not want to. He see doesn't that. want to see those pictures no, anymore. Not at any point. Like he's not a free agent, but I'll just for whatever reason, Paul George sticks out to me. If you just put Paul George on that team, yes, I'd be like, okay, yes. they're not going to be favorites by any means, but that's but like they might that's not the, be the type of game. player. Yes. That would make a lot of sense next to Luca, who can get his own shot, but also can be helpful off the ball yes. and maybe import, more importantly, great defensively. Like that's the type of player that if you told me they, the Mavericks suddenly had Paul George, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that could work. That 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 could be what puts them into the NBA Finals, or at least makes them. I mean, they made the Western Conference Finals, so it's not like they weren't contenders, but they lost in five. So yeah. like, make them a legit. They won one option. game because they made three. So. Yeah. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. Hey, How ben. are you? 
Hey guys, I'm doing doing pretty well. Uh, happy Memorial Day week, and how are you guys both doing? Good. Well, we'll be better on Monday when we're off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Ben. Give me. You're going to play odds maker for us. If you're setting the odds on will Colin Kaepernick be on a Week One roster, what's the what's the yes and the no numbers? I think it's probably looking at like plus three fifty to be on a Week One roster. Obviously, he's getting you know the workout, which I do think you know. Um, people can definitely get excited for whether he actually makes it uh, as a backup quarterback. I think it's a completely different question. So right around, you know, plus three fifty. I think that's a little bit over uh, somewhere in between like a 20 and 25% implied probability. I think that seems, uh, you know, somewhat likely. I have no idea the condition or shape that he's in, but uh, I do think he probably could offer, you know, some value to a team as a backup quarterback. So uh, interesting test case for sure. So you're on the side that that people should at least take a look at him. I think it's I think it's reasonable, um, given what he given where he ha- what he has been able to do in the league. You know, given that was you know over a decade ago, of course. But um, the fact that uh, he has been a quarterback that has at times looked like you know a top five quarterback in the NFL, given his passing and rushing ability, um, I think that having that option as a backup quarterback in the right offense uh, could definitely make sense for some teams if he is in um, you know as good a shape as he. Uh, suggest. So I do think that it definitely makes sense to at least uh, look into it, given uh, the value that quarterbacks can definitely have in the NFL. All right. Let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say Colin Kaepernick had a prop for over under 0.5 touchdowns, passing, rushing receiver, whatever, just any touchdown for the entire season. How much would the plus money have to be for you to bet? Yes. Or or over the 0.5. I mean, I think, it depends on if they would, if he didn't play a single snap, uh, would the no cash or not? I think it's kind of um, the, the pertinent question. If that is the case, I do think it would have to be close to like plus 2,000 on the yes in order for me to bet it. Um, if it wasn't going to cancel, if he didn't play a snap, of course, if it was going to cancel, uh, that would probably drop considerably based on the fact that it would probably be a push if he didn't end up playing a single snap. So, um, I think plus 2000, if it wasn't going to cancel right around, you know, maybe plus 450 plus 500, if it would cancel, I think it's probably the correct approach. Are there odds on how furious Derek Carr would be if this actually happens? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. And, it, and, it, and I do think, you know, specifically for the Raiders, um, I think their offense would have to change relatively dramatically going from a guy like Derek Carr to a guy like Colin Kaepernick, right? So I do think that maybe that's the reason why uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense from the Raiders' perspective, but there are quarterbacks that offer, you know, similar traits, similar type of, um, you know, offensive scheme fits that skill set. I do think that that's where uh, Colin Kaepernick could potentially make a lot of uh, a lot of sense if they don't have a solid backup in place uh, behind that incumbent starter. All right, one more hypothetical on Kaepernick. Suddenly, right now, we learn today, Derek Carr is out, not playing for the whole season. Colin Kaepernick is the starting quarterback for 17 games. What happens to the Raiders win total right now? I would say that it drops probably at least two, two wins, if not a couple more, I think Um, eight and a half, probably down to six and a half, maybe even down to six, five and a half. So I do think we would probably see a pretty dramatic shift, you know, given, given again, like what we talked about, Derek Carr, perennial, you know, top five quarterback last year uh, in the NFL, um, dropping to a guy that is, you know, essentially hasn't played in the league in over five, seven years. So um, I think it would definitely be a concerning thing. I probably would drop to be, you know, the Raiders maybe would be looking like one of the worst teams in the AFC uh, if that particular scenario played out. And I think that would probably be 
Uh, you know, one of the worst case scenarios for the Raiders in 2022. You tweeted about QB wins over expected. Uh, sometimes our listeners don't know. Explain that. And why am I surprised Derek Carr is top five? I mean, so what that particular that, and that was done by, um, you know, one of our interns who's, you know, been kind of, uh, I would say, ahead of the curve from an analytics perspective, definitely thinks about things uh, in a lot of great ways. Arjun Menyon, I think he's, you know, a great follower on Twitter, really good at visualizing things. What he did basically is try to, um, try to identify where a quarterback on a particular team, how an average quarterback would perform, and then how that particular quarterback performed in comparison to what an average quarterback would do. And I do think that, you know, given the state of uh, the Las Vegas Raiders specifically, it has definitely been a team where Derek Carr has elevated them, uh, you know, well above what an average quarterback would have done over the past three seasons, looking back from 2019 to 2021. Um, so what Arjun basically did is say, given all these other factors for how this team is assembled, offensive line, wide receiver, defense, all these other things, what would we expect a typical quarterback to uh, perform like? And what did this particular quarterback perform like? Uh, and Derek Carr, you know, checks out really well. I mean, there's guys, um, you know, in the top five, it's Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, who, who, who is a little bit of a question mark, but he did elevate, you know, a 2019 Titans team uh, to, to the playoffs and kind of did, you know, similar things in 2021 when they were completely banged up uh, as well. So, Maybe he's the one guy that doesn't make a lot of sense, but outside of him, you know, Josh Allen at four, Derek Carr at five. Some people might have a little bit of beef uh, with that one as well, but I think it fits given, you know, how well Derek Carr has performed over those three seasons in particular and how bad uh, maybe the rest of the Raiders, uh, you know, players around him have actually been. So I do think it speaks to how well Derek Carr has played and also how much he has actually elevated uh, the current Raiders. I, Raiders roster. I thoroughly enjoy the quarterback wins over expected simply because Tom Brady is about as average as it, as it gets. Yes. And, and that's the thing. I do think, um, you know, when you look into the numbers and everything else, uh, he has had a supporting cast that has been, you know, the best in the NFL uh, in a lot of ways for a number of seasons now. And he hasn't necessarily played re- really well to the point where he's elevated and made plays consistently week in and week out. Uh, in order to get his team to actual victory. I do think you see that with some of the guys at the top of the list, but, um, you know, this is Tom Brady at 44 years old. This isn't, you know, Tom Brady when he's 32 in 2010, winning games for the New England Patriots. So I do think that uh, it definitely speaks to the context with which he's playing in right now, and I do think that it makes a lot of sense uh, given the current state of how he's actually performed. So no surprise Mahomes is the only one to uh, more wins over expected. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think given what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes, he has, you know, this is going to be uh, kind of the litmus test year for him in 2022, right? No Tyreek Hill, uh, an offense that's going to be heavily reliant on him to manufacture and make plays, probably outside of structure, probably outside the pocket in a lot of ways. And, and if he can do that and they can get to their, to their win total or above it, uh, I think that speaks to how great Patrick Mahomes is right now. And I do think that makes him, you know, clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to watch how he actually performs in 2022 with probably the worst uh, supporting cast, at least at the wide receiver uh, or skill position players that he's had uh, since he's taken over at quarterback for Kansas city. Guessing a little bit on Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension. There are potentially 11 or 12, depending on what Cleveland gets out of it. Teams in the AFC that probably think they're going to the playoffs this year. Are we right to basically write off the Tennessee Titans as one of those 12 that are not going to make it? 
I think it's reasonable, but it, it also it is the fact that the AFC South is the worst worst division in that conference, right? And I think that's maybe the one reason why you can't completely write them off and maybe why they have you know somewhat reasonable odds to still make the playoffs. But I think from a talent perspective, uh, they are definitely a tier below uh, what I would say is every team in the AFC West, right? And a lot of teams in the AFC North outside of Pittsburgh. So right there, I do think there's probably you know seven teams just from those two divisions that are better than the Tennessee Titans. That's the playoff spot. So the only thing that's really going to help them uh, is the fact that uh, they play in the worst division in the conference, and maybe they can squeeze out a couple wins. But uh, I think it's highly unlikely that they make it, and I do think the AFC South, probably only representative in the playoffs this year, is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Would you put odds on all four making it from the West? Is that possible in your mind? I think it's really highly unlikely just because there's so much, you know, that capitulation basically between those guys playing so much that it's going to be really hard for all four of them to get in. They'd have to have, uh, you know, some of the most impressive non-division type records that we've seen in quite some time. But I think it's at least plausible um, that three of them can make it. But I think four is going to be a, a pretty difficult task. I do think I, I should look at, uh, you know, our season-long simulation to see how many occurrences there are where all four teams in the AFC West uh, actually do make it. But I don't think it's going to be high, if at all, I probably would be, you know, what I would consider less than 1%. But I think that's something I'm going to look into uh, after this call today and probably tweet it out. I do think that is a really interesting uh, question for sure. I'm also curious, like, how many times in those instances do just three teams make it? Because certainly right. possible, but that's still, especially because, what, the Chiefs and Raiders and I think Chargers all have top 10 most difficult schedules. Like, even three is probably going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. And I think that, you know, looking at both of those, um, is very interesting question. I'm going to have to look at crunch the numbers a little bit here on this Friday uh, and get back to you guys on that because I do think that it makes uh, kind of for an interesting discussion. So I would I would be interested to see at least where our simulation has that all mapped it out. If there are even any uh, scenarios where four teams get in and then the, and then the percentage chance that three of them actually get in, I think it's another interesting question. All right, another hypothetical prop bet for you. Uh, if you were picking a side here, who is more likely to play for the 49ers this season, Jimmy Garoppolo or Debo Samuel? I'm definitely going to go with Debo Samuel, but I am in the camp that we're actually going to see probably both of them uh, back with San Francisco this year. Uh, I think given the two, if I was going to lay odds, I think it's probably – um, you know, minus 300, if not higher, that uh, Debo Samuel would be the guy in that scenario over Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, but I do think the expectation still is that both of them are highly likely to be back in San Francisco right now, uh, given the context of the rest of the league uh, and kind of where they are at, particularly with the quarterback position in San Francisco. Well, he has been Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Thank you. So there is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. I, the hypothetical I gave him on Colin Kaepernick over under touchdowns at point five. I feel like if he makes a roster, whatever team that he makes a roster on is going to use him. Oh yeah, I think it'd be over at that point yeah. on your number if he actually makes a team. Right. Like I feel like if like if the Raiders signed him. I feel like there'd be some element where Colin Kaepernick would get used. And yes. especially if the if not the Raiders, if some if like we talked about Seattle, if Seattle signed him, that guy might be the starter. Right. Like yeah. it, there's some other teams where it's like, oh well, he could win the job there. But like I, I think if anybody signs him, you if you sign him to be your backup, you're probably gonna at least play him at some point. And it might be similar to what the Raiders did and say, All right, Mariota, get in there in the goal uh, right. in the red zone. Right. I I think you'd say, yeah, if you, basically you could be 
betting on, well, will he make a roster? And then just assuming he made a roster, they're going to play him in the five-yard line. he's going to play him enough line. to have a touchdown. Yeah, I think that's what would be the case there. All right, coming up next, Jose Canseco's hitting home runs at a softball game. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Wait a minute. Is the Baylor flag flying outside the house for winning will the, be today. the softball NIT? The NIS, NIT, ISQUR uh, invitation, which UNLV was involved with. They beat UNLV in the final. Yeah, 4 That was the championship yeah, game. The championship game out in, Col- I think, out in Fort Collins. I think it was at CSU, was it? Danny? Yeah. Where's Where's the flag? Get the Baylor flag out. Come on. I was running to work today. When I get home today and pull in the garage, the Baylor flag <laughs> might have to fly. Another championship <laughs> for the Bears. <laughs> It was put it out. Neighbors would be like, it's not football season. What's this guy doing now? It was a brutal day for UNLV softball and baseball because the softball team lost the, the basically the NIT of softball championship game. And the baseball team, who's the one seed in the mountain West lost their first game in the mountain West tournament to air force. The toughest right there, because to come all the way back with the pitching and you have to go, it's double limb and felt bad for him. Yeah. Stan Stolte was the coach of the year. I think they had the freshman of the year. And they had swept Air Force here, I believe, and then gone and swept in Colorado Springs, which with the altitude, that happens all the time. People hit crazy there. But down in San Diego, nobody can hit. Win. You kind of got to win that game. Nobody can hit. So it's double elimination. They play Nevada today. Loser goes win home. That. Yeah. Winner has to come out of the loser's bracket to win the Mountain West. Mm. And I don't mm. know this for sure, but I'm pretty certain the Mountain West is only getting one team in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. That's done. One so, team. Yeah, that's. UNLV's got to win. What is that going to end up being? Like four games in three have to days. Beat Reno have to beat the team that comes out of the first place game. They have to win four games. Yeah, four games, and I think yeah. three days to actually do that. Yeah. Tonight, though, I'm excited for this. Lights FC plays El Paso Locomotive. It is one dollar juice night, where Jose Canseco will be hitting home runs into the crowd at halftime. I'm guessing he's going to be standing at the center at center field or so, and is going to be hitting the ball into the crowd. I'm very excited for this. And you'll be there? Yes, I will be there with a glove ready to catch softballs. <laughs> I think. I wonder if my glove's big enough to catch a softball. It might not I, be. Do I still believe if they're like they're twelve inch softballs? Do I still believe this is a bit dangerous? A little bit. It does sound a little it dangerous. It sounds a little like if you don't have a glove, you better watch out because even if it's a softball, it's a hard like twelve inch softball, then just watch out. I I'm wondering line drives. I'm wondering how quickly how quickly he's going to be hitting them because if he does like one every thirty seconds, that's plenty of time to be like, oh, here it comes, here comes the ball. But if he's hitting like if it's like home run derby style where the it's just go as fast as you can, then we might need to watch out. Then we're gonna have some issues out there. But I'm yeah, excited. This, this appears to be a catch dangerous softball. one. Nah, it's fine. I'm gonna if catch, you catch a it. You can take. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah, I'm not hope giving it not to having some little you. kid around me either. It's my softball. You're not going to give it to a kid. Of course not. If there's a kid next to you and he had his glove, catch and, your own, and you reached above him, catch your and own. And you look down at the poor kid, and he's got this look in his face like I'm never going to have a ball. It's a Jose Canseco softball at a Lights FC game. Yes. get out of here, kid. You're not going to give it to him. No. If I that can, kid's life is dependent upon that softball. I could see Tyler climbing over the kid to catch well, the Well, that's ball. the thing. Yeah, I could see you pushing the kid out of the way. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. I will jump over a kid and catch one if if presented the opportunity. <laughs> Hopefully there are no kids around me. That would be nice. That would be uh, the better way to do this. But Yeah, you don't want kids. No. Ugh, what a nightmare. <laughs> what a disaster. Can't believe this, kids. 
revolting. But my like one of my worst nightmares is like if I'm at a baseball game and I catch a home run ball and there's some little kid next to me and people make me pressure me into yeah. giving it to the little kid. Would you? Depends on what the home run ball is. Well, what if it's just like a nobody? Okay. It doesn't matter. Like I'm like I'm going next month to Astros Marlins. If If I if I catch a Marlins home run ball, I'll give it to a little kid if there's one next to me. If I catch an Astros home run ball, I'm I'm gonna throw the kid on the field. Really? Yeah. I'm not giving him the ball. You kidding me? What if it's an Astros pinch hitter? I I want it. What do you mean? I like their pinch hitters too. And you'll take it home and put it where? In the office? Yeah, probably. Will you put it in a stand? That sounds like a lot of work. The only baseball I have at home is signed by the Mountain Ridge Little League team with, uh, that I covered at the Little League World Series. That was actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. They the gave it to morning. me in like a case. I thought that was actually pretty cool. I don't know if I was supposed to accept. It <laughs> was a long time ago. I think we could. I think you can push the rules on taking autographs from athletes when it's twelve-year-olds going. To yeah, the that, World that's Series. the thing. Like a twelve-year-old, it's twelve-year-old not, it's not Austin Stone. Yeah, a twelve-year-old Austin Krizik. <laughs> uh, I uh, I took that ball. That was actually pretty. It's cool. a little different than Mark Stone and trying yes, to get it, his autograph it, in the it, locker room. Exactly. <laughs> but was it gifted to you, or did you did you line up for all of them to? Get oh it? no, I had no oh, idea. I want no. to see you at the little table after the with game, the, getting every game? one of them to no. sign. Your poster. I had no idea it was oh, coming. Oh, that's a great no, visual my of that doing that. Yes, please <laughs> sign this. All the 12-year-olds on the Little League team. <laughs>